Hello and welcome to the uh, first March breakdown here of the Providence Journal Pick and Pop podcast. This is Kevin McNamara of the Journal with uh, Bill Koch, fresh off a train, fresh off a little bit of everything. It's tough for us to uh, actually cross paths this month, Bill, but uh, we've got a lot to talk about today. Yeah, that's the good thing about this month, Kevin, is we do still have a lot to talk about here uh, in college basketball in Rhode Island. If you're a college basketball fan, this is your favorite month of the year. Uh, and if you are a college basketball fan in Rhode Island in this particular March, you've got two different teams to look for here, uh, with Providence and Rhode Island both making late NCAA pushes here. Providence going for their fourth straight, and Rhode Island looking for their first since 1999. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, it's always good to play for uh, for real in March, and both Providence and Rhode Island are doing that. Uh, I'm going to start with the Rams because they have the most recent game there just off a really dominating 68-49 win over St. Joseph's. Um, Truly a taking-care-of-business game for the Rams, who jumped out to a 36-20 halftime lead and never looked back. Uh, Bill, in your story this morning, I I was, uh, uh, I wouldn't say alarmed, but impressed by the uh, sustained defensive numbers that the Rams have put together. And that's something that they're going to have to carry, not only Saturday in the home finale against Davidson, but to Pittsburgh next week for the Atlantic 10 tournament. In the top five in the nation right now in terms of three-point defense and what they call block percentage, which is the percentage of two-point field goals against you that you block. Uh, And when you have Hassan Martin and Karan Iverson and Cyril Langevine on your team, you do tend to block some shots in the paint. Uh, You know, Last night we saw it again. St. Joe's is two for nine from three. That's 22%. They only shot 38% for the game. Uh, it's a very diminished version of St. Joe's. They're without uh, Lamar Kimball. They're without Shavar Newkirk. That's their starting backcourt. Uh, DeAndre Bembry left early for the NBA. So this was going to be a rebuilding year for them uh, as it is. But for Rhode Island to go into Hagen Arena, a place that they hadn't won since 2011, um, you know, and really just take care of business right from the start. They built a double-digit lead after about seven, eight minutes. And St. Joe's didn't get within 13 points of the second half. It was just a really mature, composed, thorough effort by a team that's really clicking on uh, on all cylinders right now. And, uh, uh, Bill, in the first game against Dave, I-, I think the Davidson game is very dangerous. They're obviously explosive offensively. Uh, that defense, uh, those defensive numbers you just cited will be put to the test uh, on Saturday afternoon. By the way, tip time is 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock Saturday night. Good. Hey, maybe I can tune it up on my uh, my way back from uh, New York City. But um, uh, obviously a, a game that Rhode Island cannot lose. And more importantly, I think during these, this stretch here, that they they keep building confidence uh, going down the stretch. And that's something that every team wants, uh, wants in its gym bag. You know, they had uh, an impressive road win at Davidson earlier this year. Uh, they really held down Peyton Aldridge and, and Jack Gibbs, uh, you know, the high-scoring duo. Uh, of Gibbs in the backcourt and Aldridge in the frontcourt. He's one of the most improved players in the league. Um, You know, Davidson should scare you because they're able to score uh, score the ball, and they're very well coached by Bob McKillop. Uh, You know, we we know his resume. Uh, We know what he's managed to do in in college basketball over the last three decades. Uh, But this is the kind of game that, you know, Rhode Island, if they really do want to be an NCAA team, and, and they're very close to doing it, uh, you know, should be able to handle. You're at home, it's senior night, 
You want to send off Hassan Martin and Karan Iverson in proper fashion. You want to keep this momentum going into the Atlantic 10 tournament where you need to win at least one game, probably two games. Uh, this is the sort of game that if you are a true postseason contender, you go out and you handle your business. Yep, and uh, just look ahead, Bill, uh, for everybody to the Atlantic 10 tournament. I know that it, obviously there's another set of games on the weekend here, but the Rams have secured a double bye, uh, so won't play until the quarterfinals on Friday. Friday. Uh, any feel for the group of teams who they may have to face? Well, you're looking at uh, Dayton as the one seed. They clinched that last night with a win over VCU at home. Uh, they will be the outright A-10 champions. Between two and four, you could have... What's that? When's the Dayton game? Uh, Dayton will play on Friday as well. Yep. Um, you know, they also get a double bye. The next group is Rhode Island, VCU, and Richmond. Rhode Island could finish anywhere between two and four, uh, depending on you know, what goes on in games elsewhere. VCU hosts George Mason and Richmond hosts St. Louis. Uh, they'll be favored in, in both of those games. Um, and, and we won't do the tiebreakers here because it's only about a 20, 25-minute podcast, and that would take a long time. Um, the teams that you should be wary of would probably be you know, Davidson, uh, St. Bonaventure, I think, you know, also has a great backcourt, Jalen Adams and Matt Mobley, and is very well coached by Mark Schmidt. Um, what about Fordham, who beat you at home, who, you know, is a little bit helter-skelter on defense, uh, you know, who really caused you a lot of problems. You only scored 43 points against them. What about George Mason, uh, you know, another team that played you very tough in a road game. You managed to win by three points. Stan Robinson had a career high in that one. Um, you know, so really there, there's, there's no shortage of pitfalls in the Atlantic 10 tournament. Uh, what Rhode Island really needs is to win the first game, quarterfinal game, and then that second game has to be Dayton or VCU, and they have to win that game. It's another top 50 win. It would give them three top 50 wins and five top 100 wins on the year. And, and that's the thinnest part of their resume. They don't have some of the bad losses that some of the other teams around them have. They have a better strength of schedule than some of the other bubble teams around them have. But the thin part for them is the top 50 and the top 100 wins, and that chance will arrive, should arrive, in the semifinals in Pittsburgh if they can get there. Uh, what do you make from last night's uh, Dayton victory over VCU, uh, 79-72, I believe it was? Um, you know, you've seen both teams up close. It certainly seems as if Dayton has the best team in the league. Uh, I did, uh, Obviously, you didn't have a chance to see the game, and I didn't either. Um, just curious your take on that. Well, Dayton finished off 9-0 and at home, which isn't really a surprise. They set an attendance record for the season at UD Arena, which is also not a surprise. Uh, you know, it's the best program in the A-10. Uh, you know, they're just a slight notch ahead of VCU at this point. Um, and it's because of so many things. Uh, you know, first, winning breeds winning. Uh, Archie Miller does a great job. He's an excellent coach. He has great players. They're veteran. They're talented. They're tough. You're talking about guys like Scoochie Smith and Kyle Davis and Kendall Pollard. Those guys could walk into any team in the league and, and be key players. Uh, and I also think that there's an administrative piece there. Uh, you know, Archie Miller wants for nothing. Charter flights everywhere, sellouts. They have a legitimate home advantage. Uh, even when they play the Fordhams and the LaSalles of the world, uh, you know, they don't play in a flat building like Rhode Island might have on those two nights. When people asked me at the start of the year why I thought Dayton would win the A-10 and why not URI, I said because I think they can go 9-0 and at home, and I don't think Rhode Island can. Uh, and that's for so, so many reasons, so many more reasons than the players on the team and the talent on the court. Uh, 
Uh, and, and I just think you know, Dayton going forward, I, I think they had a lot to prove this year too, Kevin, because last year they went out in the, uh, in the NCAA tournament and laid an absolute egg, yeah. uh, you know, got crushed in their first game. And, you know, I think they were embarrassed and, and their pride was a little bit hurt. And, you know, I think coming into the conference schedule this year, they had a chip on their shoulder and something to prove, and I think they've done it. I'm curious if uh, VCU might be a little overrated by some of the bracketologists. I certainly think that they're an NCAA tournament team, but they may be sliding back to that uh, you know, 8, 9, 10 uh, level uh, with a couple losses here in a row now to Rhode Island and Dayton, obviously two good teams. But to be honest with you, I just don't think – I think they lack the offensive firepower that an elite uh, you know, team needs. Uh, we all know that BCU is tough – and you know, very good defensively, but they just seem again seem to lack that offensive punch. Although you know, hey, playing Dayton tough uh, at Dayton in a, in a championship level game certainly shows they're a good ball, you know, good ball. Yeah, it's funny that you say that. I saw some comments on Twitter today from Will Wade, and he was bemoaning their three point shooting, uh, saying if if we could make even four or five threes in a game, it would be like eight or ten for some other teams. Uh, and you're right at the Ryan Center the other day. I think they were one for fifteen uh, in that loss to Rhode Island. Uh, only scored 59 points. You know, Kevin, because you've watched enough of these games, when you play these high-level teams in these very intense games, if you can't score, whether it be in the half court, if you can't get anything easy, it's very hard to win these games consistently. They're not going to let you run. Uh, Teams are not going to give you layups. If you have to sit there and fight hand-to-hand for every single point that you get, you're just not going to score enough to win. No, the, the, the margin of error is very, very thin. When you uh, when you can't put up 65 points falling out of bed, I mean that's kind of mandatory in a in a high level game. Um, one more thing on the Rams, I'm curious, Bill, uh, with the um, end of the season here and uh, conference tournaments, obviously some all league type stuff will be announced in the next couple of days uh, heading into Pittsburgh. Where do you see uh, you know the roadie guys in position to to get some honors? Well, I certainly think uh, the first guy you look at is uh, Hassan Martin. Uh, I think he won the Atlantic 10 Defensive Player of the Year last year. I see no reason why he should lose that this year. He's going to lead the league in blocks. Uh, you see his presence inside. He, he's obviously you know, a physical specimen in there and a guy who you know really uh, gives opposing paint men a real hard time. Uh, other guys you look at, Karan Iverson, I think, has had an excellent year. Uh, you know, Through 17 games in the A-10, He's averaging about 10 points, about 8.5 rebounds. He's got 30 block shots. That's only three less uh, than Hassan. I, I think he's probably been their most consistent performer in A-10 games. Um, the other names that you might hear, Jeff Doughton possibly for the all-rookie team. Uh, you know, He leads the league in, in conference games and assists a turnover ratio. Stepped in for Jarvis Garrett uh, when he was battering, when he was battling uh, ulcerative colitis and, and really... You know, Rhode Island has played well uh, with the freshman point guard running the show, so I, I, th- I certainly think he'd be on the short list for that. Um, you know, and, and if you're if you're going to try and force a couple more guys in, you know, E.C. Matthews and Jared Terrell, uh, but you know, no higher than the second team, I, I wouldn't think. Uh, you know, my first team, you, you'd probably look at a guy like T.J. Klein from Richmond. I think he's the player of the year. Uh, I don't think Richmond is. I think Richmond is pretty ordinary besides him, uh, but I think he's played very well. Uh, you know, Marquise Moore from George Mason, who's been just a double-double machine despite being a six-foot-two guard. I think he's been terrific. Uh, Jalen Adams from St. Bonaventure is, is a wonderful player. You've got to figure that Dayton will have somebody on there. That would probably be Charles Cook. 
um, you know, who, who's just a do-it-all type guy, you know, high scorer, rebounder, seals the ball, uh, you know, assists and that sort of thing. And then, you know, the fifth guy on that first team, I, I suppose that's where if you wanted to fight for Hassan, if, if you're Rhode Island, you'd probably try to squeeze him in there. And, uh, you know, obviously you left out VCU as well. You know, they have great balance, uh, have not had a, you know, standout high performer probably. Probably Jaquan. Uh, You're probably yeah. looking at Jaquan Lewis. Yeah, Lewis. Uh, you know, maybe Justin Tillman has very good numbers as well. Yeah. Uh, although against Rhode Island, he didn't really do that much. But I, I really favor the guys from the winning teams. Sure. Uh, you know, if you want to tell me that everyone from the first team is, is from Dayton, VCU, and Rhode Island, I'd go for that. I really would. Uh, but obviously, uh, some of those other guards, especially uh, uh, the kid from St. Bonnie, has had a yeah, great Yeah, Jalen Adams. had a great no, He's year. very good. Yeah. He's very good. Going to transition here to the uh, Friars in the Big East. Uh, PC's coming off uh, a win at home to wrap up really a, a great stretch here of home basketball at the Dunkin' Donuts Center over DePaul on Tuesday night. Friars are the hottest team in the league, one of the hotter teams in the country now with a five-game winning streak, and we'll wrap things up at St. John's on Saturday at noon. In, uh, and I don't know if it's a must-win, but it's a... Let's, you know, it's a probably you should better win. You know, one of those. <laughs> yes, right. Uh, I, I think the, right. if the Friars were to falter at St. John's, they clearly would have to do something in the Big East tournament. Where, you know, I, I think a lot of people are saying if Providence can win and uh, lock in a ten and eight uh, finish in the Big East, they might be all set. And uh, it could be tough to argue uh, looking at some of the uh, profiles of the bubble teams that we're going to get into here in a little bit, but. Uh, Bill, I know you've watched the Friars from afar here the last couple of weeks. Besides home games, where they've beaten Butler, beaten Xavier, uh, and beaten Marquette, uh, all teams that have uh, pretty good chances of you know finding their way into the NCAA tournament, is there anything that's snuck out, uh, stuck out for you? Well, Kyron Cartwright, obviously, we talked about it. Uh, you know, makes a winning shot against Creighton, made some big time plays against DePaul. Uh, you know, when you or I, you or I, sorry. When Providence was kind of stuck in neutral there in the second half, and you know was sort of getting a little muddy out there, um, my big takeaway from Providence is, you know, I remember when we sat here and we talked about them at six and eight, if they could go three and one and get to nine and nine, uh, I just assumed that the one would be at Creighton. Uh, I didn't dare think that it would be at St. John's. And like you said, this is probably a game that if Providence wants to be sure that they hear their name on Selection Sunday, they better not fool around because they already have a loss to St. John's. You do not want to be swept by a team that's going to finish behind you. And the two losses to DePaul and to Boston College are both RPI 200-plus. That would give you four RPI 100-plus losses. Now, I know the committee is going to look at who you've beaten. Providence is very strong in terms of top 100 wins. But I would say don't give the committee any sort of ammunition in a year where the bubble teams are, are many and their profiles are varied, don't give the committee any sort of ammunition to leave you out. And, and this is that sort of game that, you know, like we said with Rhode Island against Davidson, if Providence is a committee, if they are an NCAA team, you go out and you take care of your business on Saturday. Yep, and, uh, you know, the road part of it is, you know, the wrinkle that uh, uh, Providence is certainly leery about. But, hey, you know, they lost to them at home. And in deference, if you take care of business at home last month, then, uh, you know, they'd have a little freedom here to see what happens on the road. But it is what it is. Well, you know? and, and you know very well because you were at that game. St. John's is dangerous if you let oh, them sure. get out and score. No, uh, uh, I believe they scored 92 in their win at Providence. I have it right here. Uh, 
Unfortunately, we're, uh, the podcast were on the road today, and, and I can barely see, but it was, uh, I believe it was 91 to 88, 86. 91 86. That's right. season high points uh, allowed for the Friars. I can guarantee you that in practice today and tomorrow in New York, Ed Cooley will make sure that uh, uh, the defense is at a different level on Saturday at the Garden. Um, the Providence's defense has been outstanding, needless to say, in its five game winning streak, mandatory. Uh, in order to win high-level games is to defend, and Providence's defense has turned the corner. So I, I would be shocked if Shamori Pons and Marcus Lovett get off and get off really big uh, on Saturday. That, that, would, that would surprise me for sure. Uh, the Friars situation for the Big East Tournament, for anyone looking to uh, schedule for next week, uh, they, they do have a bye. They will not play on Wednesday, uh, no matter what happens on Saturday. If Creighton were to lose at Marquette, and... You know, I was very impressed with Marquette last weekend against Providence, and they, they really took apart Xavier uh, last night. Uh, Marquette's playing very well, so I would think that Marquette would defend its home court and win and beat Creighton. If, if that happens and Providence beats St. John's, Providence is going to be the three seed in the Big East tournament, which is saying something, considering they were picked ninth in the preseason. And the three seed plays the last game, that 930 uh, newspaper killer Ooh. on Thursday night. Night out killer as well. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a tough one. Uh, but hey, it's New York City. Uh, I hear things are open late. You yeah, know? Very late. Um, or early, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> I'll go for the late. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. But, um, uh, and uh, basically, uh, slots three through six are wide open in the Big East tournament, uh, tournament depending on how things shake out with uh, Creighton, Providence, Seton Hall and Marquette all still jockeying for position. Uh, Xavier, Xavier is one of those teams that is going to be discussed really heavily oh heading into uh, the NCAA tournament because literally a week ago, certainly two weeks ago, not only was Xavier in the tournament, they were probably a five or six seed and, and regarded as dangerous. However, they've now lost six in a row and are four and seven without Edmund, uh, Edmund Sumner, who ripped up his knee. And, uh, Bill, correct me if I'm wrong, Edmund Sumner will not be playing in the NCAA tournament? He will not, unfortunately. Edmund Sumner is out for the year with an ACL injury. Uh, and Xavier, right now to me, Kevin, I don't know how you can put them in the NCAA tournament because they are not an NCAA team at this point. I agree. And, uh, again, it'll be interesting to see because their metrics are all good. They're excellent. But if they're eight in strength of schedule, uh, you know, their, their, their conference work that they did early was pretty good. Uh, but like you say, without Sumner, they're four and seven. They only have three top fifty wins, which is going to be comparable to a lot of teams that are sort of on the bubble around them. Um, you know, and, and the committee just has to take a look at what they've done over the last dozen or so. If they were to somehow lose to DePaul in this last game of the season, I, I mean, my goodness, the, you, I would make the argument that you'd have to win two at Madison Square Garden to get in. No, that would be a, a, a obviously a killer. Uh, and it's at DePaul, which is interesting, and uh, and a real fluke. Uh, they will op- Xavier will open the NCAA tournament. Uh, I'm sorry, the Big East tournament against DePaul. So they'll truly play DePaul twice in the span of four days. Uh, you could say, oh, that's a chance to, you know, get healthy and get to 20 wins. But believe me, the NCAA uh, committee, they got all these things down cold. They understand that Xavier's struggling. They know their record without Edmund Sumner. Um, you know, in a way, it could be a good thing for Providence because Providence, uh, right now, uh, 
is, is playing much better basketball than Xavier, that they should go ahead of the Musketeers. Well, the real interesting thing right now is, is you look at the Big East, and they probably do deserve six teams. Uh, you know, they played very well in the non-conference. Uh, the league has proven to be a bear against each other. They've beaten each other up. Um, but right now, Xavier's seventh. And you can make a very real case that Marquette and Seton Hall and Creighton and Providence should all get in. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, and the Big East gets those six teams along with Butler and Villanova, I know that a lot of people would say, well, Xavier got jobbed and, and there should be seven. I don't know if you can really say that based on the last few weeks. And the injury. I mean, the, 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 it's, the a huge factor. It's, it's a huge factor. And, you know, I give Creighton some credit for, for you know, regrouping without uh, Maurice Watson, where uh, Xavier has not been able to do that. And, you know, obviously thrown a curveball here and they just haven't responded. Um, and, again, uh, obviously a lot of high-level games in the Big East tournament with so many teams still holding those NCAA tourney, um, you know, aspirations. We're going to try to do a podcast tomorrow, uh, next week, before we even uh, get going uh, to the conference tournaments. Uh, and obviously we'll know a lot more after this weekend with uh, so many bubble teams. And believe me, keep coming to the Providence Journal. And you will hear an awful lot about the Roadie Rams and the Providence Friars because the jockeying truly is going to change by the day. Let's, uh, let's wrap up with some Big East awards, maybe, Kevin, uh, since we did some A-10s. And, and the reason I say that is, you know, I look at this and, and I saw maybe an informal straw poll on Twitter today looking at Coach of the Year, and the consensus was probably going to be Chris Holtman from Butler. Uh, if I had a vote, it would go to Ed Cooley. And, and that's, that's not being a homer. I cannot believe that he has his team on the verge of 10-8 and eight after losing Chris Dunn and Ben Bentel. Uh, after being picked ninth, they could finish third. I, I mean, I, if Ed Cooley is going to win the award, how can it not be this year? No, I understand that. Uh, you make a good point about Butler. Butler was picked sixth and, and finished, you know, finishing second and could be as high as a, as a three-seed in the NCAA tournament. So that's, uh, he's obviously done a great job. I think Jay Wright will also get his share of votes uh, among the ten coaches. Uh, it's a coaches poll, uh, coaches vote. Um, but I, I agree. This has been Ed Cooley's best coaching job thus far. Oh, it's not even close. You know, he does not have a first-team All-League player, unlike uh, the last three years. So, um, you know, the Friars have really taken advantage of the shift in their schedule and won their home games late. You have to win your home games in a league like this. Uh, they didn't do it early, but swept uh, February, and uh, that's made the biggest difference uh, overall, I think. Player of the year in the Big East is pretty clear. It's going to be Josh Hart. He's, yeah. uh, if he's not a first-team All-American, he's really close. I, I think the um, the rookie of the year in the Big East is going to be interesting. There's a lot of good ones. Uh, I, I would personally vote for Justin Patton at Creighton, but uh, Shamari Pons is, is going to be a very uh, tough guy to beat as well uh, in, in that uh, conversation. Uh, um, and then uh, All-League. Uh, I would say Kyron Cartwright, Rodney Bullock have a chance at uh, second and the third team. It's probably where they get slotted. So, But um, those awards will be announced next Monday, Tuesday in the Big East. The Atlantic 10 likes to wait, I believe, to the eve of their tournament, so probably not till like, maybe Wednesday. Yeah, they start off on, uh, on Wednesday night. Generally, they'll do it on Tuesday or on the Wednesday morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, last, lastly, uh, Brian ended its season last night. Uh, in, in difficult fashion, they went out to St. Francis, PA, in the uh, NEC quarterfinals and got knocked around. Uh, they gave up 100 points in a loss uh, to the Red Flash, uh, a team that I believe they split with in the regular season. So disappointing finish 
for the Bulldogs, uh, freshman, sophomore dominated team, had played much better in the last two, three weeks down the stretch and uh, just missed out on a home game and just shows uh, those home games in, in the conference tournaments are really valuable. And that, that's really what we saw there. The other thing there is, is you look at veteran teams and what do they do? They defend. Uh, we look at ro- what uh, Rhode Island is doing right now. Bryant was one of the youngest teams in the nation this year. Tim O'Shea has a, a very bright near future in Smithfield. Uh, you know, but that team just too inexperienced to go out there and win a game like that. Yeah, and and truly defensively, they were wildly inconsistent throughout the season, and obviously uh, didn't get it done in the in the playoff game. And then Brown, you know, I, I do want to uh, give a shout out to Stephen Spieth, Brown's uh, senior. Uh, he was named a third-team academic All-American today, which is really difficult to do. That's truly every school in the country. It's a combination academic-athletic award. And uh, Brown will end its season this weekend with home games against Columbia and Cornell. And, uh, Bill, I didn't realize it till today uh, when Chris Hum sent out his release. Uh, Spieth will leave Brown as the all-time leader in games played and starts, uh, which, which says something about not only durability but the fact that He's made an impact at, for the Bears literally since he walked on campus. You want to talk about a true student athlete uh, and someone who's good in both areas, great in both areas. Uh, Steven Spieth, an academic All-American. He's got an outside shot to be an all-Ivy League player, first team, uh, certainly no lower than the second team. Uh, his name is going to be all over the record books at Brown uh, on the basketball side. Um, just a wonderful four-year career, and, and I hope that uh, the Brown fans get out there this weekend and, and celebrate him uh, on Senior Day, as he deserves, because you know, he's been an outstanding servant there. Uh, you know, just a, a, a wonderful kid uh, with a, a very bright future, uh, and it's been a pleasure to watch him. Great. We will uh, again. We'll check in with. The, we'll have multiple podcasts next week, leading up to Selection Sunday, which is only eight days away.